are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy Hickman, and the only crime we are committing right now is just a simple fact that we're stealing you away from what you could be doing for your day. But who knows? You guys love it. You you guys are actually our accomplices, and so we really appreciate you. However, guys, Cody had an opportunity to watch the Houston Texans at practice yesterday, uh, get some insight on what they have going on with training camp. And, you know, Cody, before I even get to where I want to go, how was the entire experience and kind of lead us through where you want to take today's show? Yes, sir. You know, first and foremost, let me just say the experience of looking at the Texans in practice, it was great. You know, every if you guys follow me, what I'm pretty sure some of you guys do, you know, I'm actually a Rockets insider. I'm used to getting that inside coverage, you know, but that was for basketball and to get an actual look into football see how thing how the way they do it in in the nfl especially with the houston texans was really really fun you know it was it was fun it was very eye-popping and like they say you know it's one thing to analyze something from afar but it's a whole nother thing to get that experience and i was able to see almost everything that john you and i have talked about what other Texans reporters have talked about it. Even Bill O'Brien himself, you know, he always talked about because this whole entire year was so crazy with the virus and not having OTAs, mandatory OTAs and, and rookies training camp and all of that other stuff. I know you guys are tired, tired of us talking about this, but ladies and gentlemen, when I, when I, when I sat on the sideline and I literally watched the rookie group, the veteran group, the free agent slash I'm still trying to make the team as the 52, 53 man on this roster. It's really going having a veteran group is really going to make a difference in 2020. And I was actually able to see that. And that, and that's some of the things I, I, I want to get into today. I want to get into a couple of takeaways that I saw at training camp yesterday, you know, and, you know, some of the things I want to talk about is how good David Johnson looked. All the way up into watching Ross Blacklock, a rookie who I do believe have a lot of promise. I'm not going to say that he struggled, but he did not look as good on yesterday. So, you know, we're we going to get into a couple of takeaways that I want to talk about. Of course, you all guys can also read other takeaways that I have on ESPN Houston. But yeah, you know, overall, it was a very, very fun experience. And as of right now, they're only letting Texans reporters go to the practices that they hold outside due to the virus, of course. So, but yeah, man, overall, it was very fun. I definitely want to kind of take you guys a little bit upwards three weeks from now. The First game of the season, Thursday night football, the Kansas City Chiefs will be allowing over 15,000 fans in attendance. They're going to allow up to uh, 22% capacity for the Arrowhead Stadium. That stadium holds about 76,000 people. That's a lot. 22,000, I'm sorry, uh, 15,000 is a lot of people, and I know that we've seen the NBA work really well simply because they have a bubble and very limited access. Nowhere near 15,000 people to attend the game. So I'm really interested to see 
how that's going to work uh, throughout the entire season, not only for Kansas City, but different teams around the league. But I just want to let you guys know that because Houston will be at the Arrowhead Stadium. Also, some more news from training camp. Deshaun Watson looked good doing the 11 on 11 drills yesterday. Uh, hit a couple of receivers in stride. Kenny Stills was one of them. Stephen Mitchell Jr. was another guy. Uh, had the opportunity to really play around with a lot of his toys. And they're grown men, of course. So I know I'm not calling them toys as disrespectful, but he has the keys to this treasure chest. He's going to open it up and play with those toys. So uh, good to hear different names thrown out there. The second-year players that got recognition, Titus Howard. Titus Howard had a pretty good day yesterday. Uh, looked much better pass blocking, which is what he wanted to work on throughout the year. Coaches raved about his technique. Uh, and, so, and to see him get that uh, praise, go through those workouts and dominate in some of those drills is really good. Also, Charles Omene, who got praise as well. Jacob Martin, he is not a second-year player, but he will be going into his second year with Houston. He also looked good. Uh, coaches saw uh, where he's going to be a big addition especially with the injury to Duke edge of four. He's going to be a big addition to this defensive front. Speaking of that defensive front, J.J. Watt is not expected to do much practicing this week or any week before the week one opener. We know that, you know, he had his injuries in the past, in the last four years, has missed a, a lot of time. And so the Texans are playing it very cautious with Justin James. My only thought right now is how long until either a reconstruction of that deal comes about, at least the thought of it, because, I mean, I, I think it's fair to sit them down and say, hey, we, we can use some of that money we're paying you because you're not giving us the, the output that we would like to get for the input. Uh, Second-year players, Titus Howard, Charles who having a very good first couple of days of training camp. Deshaun Watson looking good with his new guys around him doing his 11-on-11 drills, and be prepared for a lot of backlash because Kansas City will allow 15,000 people in the stands to watch some football. (laughs) Um, Let me just say this before moving on. First and foremost, I think the NFL, depending on the amount of people, and they're they're not even going to allow up to 25%, correct? What's, What's the percentage again? 22 22%. 22%. That's less than 25. It's an outdoor stadium. It's a stadium that holds how how would you say like 70,000 people? 76,000. 76,000. I think those fans I I I believe that they're going to be okay. I I really do. And I really do think the NFL it's going to be up to the teams and of course I know that they're going to do their best to to rope these sections off. Because football stadiums are very huge. That's why they're called stadiums and not arenas like in the NBA. I think next year for the NBA, of course, that's another whole um, sport. But I think they're going to probably play with like little to no fans. But if the numbers start like steadying off, hopefully they do. I I think the NFL can get away with it. Now, on the flip side, looking at J.J. Watt, I actually like the fact that Bill O'Brien is actually low managing Watt because not only has he is he dealing with a lot of injuries in his past, he's getting up there in age. And Bill O'Brien even said, he said, because of everything that is going on this year, he said it in his press conference yesterday that he is looking into managing certain guys to make sure they stay fresh throughout the season. And, of course, J.J. Watt is one of the guys that he's going to have to manage. 
The less wear and tear that this man's body can take during practice, the more he's going to be available during the regular season. And, I mean, at, at this stage in his career, I mean, of course, as long as Watts stay in shape, what does he need to, to to learn or work on? I mean, you can always get better. But, I mean, at this stage in his career, I mean, Watt is going it, – it's already has solidified his case as one of the best defensive ends in, in NFL history. And at this point, all he has to do is stay available. Yeah, I do think there are some things he can work on, and we know how great of a sack master J.J. Watt is, right? Not taking that away from him, but – you know, let's look at the tape. There are some times, a lot of times, where J.J. Watt can get ate up in those blocks because he just overruns it. And, um, well, not necessarily. He, he doesn't get ate up in blocks, but he does overrun and overpursuit on plays, and uh, that ends up causing a lot of issues for your, your back-end guys, like your linebackers, you know, your secondary, because you overplayed it and then you fell right into a block. Uh, right into a pool or just was completely taken out of the play. Uh, but I think, you know, he is one of the greatest to play at all time at his position. But you're right. There's always things you can get better at. We can always get better at things in our jobs and in our daily lives. So who 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 are us to exclude him? But overall, I think his biggest concern is just getting better at being healthy. And that's nothing that he could possibly really do the body knows when the body knows. And that's just the reality of it. But seeing him on the sideline doing training camp while they're practicing out there, I understand from a coaching standpoint, it's the smart play from a front office standpoint, which is actually still the coaching standpoint because you have Bill O'Brien wearing two hats. Uh, at some point, will they look at sitting him down, trying to figure out, uh, what can we do to get some money back? Because we can use some of this money to help out our team in other areas. Also, considering you're not giving us the amount of money that we're paying you. Bill Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Bill Bars are tasty. Not none of that bland, no flavor bars. No, none of that. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Who doesn't like candy bar? Snickers, Mr. Good Bar, the whole nine, but it's just a little bit more better for you. 16 amazing flavors, eight chocolate nut flavors, eight chocolate nut free flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy like me. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, which is what you really need if you're really trying to get it a little bit healthier. Flavor profile here, peanut butter brownie, 20 grams protein, 170 calories, 3 grams sugar, 3 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Yesterday, of course, as I alluded to in the first segment, I had the pleasure of going to attending the Houston Texans outdoor practice. This is actually their third day that they were practicing in full pads. And I actually took a couple things away from, you know, watching these guys in practice. And, and there's three things I actually want to talk about. And these things are stuff that 
John, you and myself has talked about and kind of hinted at, kind of predicted throughout the offseason. And I and I, and it's safe to say that we're starting to get our answer. One of the positions, of course, I gotta talk about him. David Johnson. Let me just say this, John. I know that it's training camp. And I know this man has a lot to do to ease people's minds about the terrible trade that happened this past offseason. But ladies and gentlemen, when I tell you that David Johnson looked damn good, <laughs> I mean, David Johnson looked damn good. I, I, I have to say it. And having Johnson on the field gives the Houston Texans a variety of weapons that they could attack their opponents. I literally witnessed the connection brewing up with Deshaun Watson and David Johnson. First and foremost, he did look good picking up some yards, rushing the ball, carrying the ball. But when I tell you this man has possibly the best hands on the team, I, I, I'm not making that up. And the connection between him and Deshaun Watson is so beautiful. The way Deshaun Watson was finding David Johnson, it, it was so beautiful. I, I have to say, David Johnson looked damn good. Now, in the interview he did with Bleacher Report, he did mention that he is hoping to reclaim his potential to be a thousand, a, a thousand rushing yards and a thousand receiving yards back coming out of the backfield. I don't know if that's possible in Houston, but I do believe what I saw yesterday, he's going to get damn close. And this is a guy, ever since training camp started on July 25th, his teammates, his coaching staff, everyone has raved about how good David Johnson looked. And to see that up close in person was really, really good, John. And so with David getting a lot of those first team reps with, with the Texans, uh, I guess we can go ahead and put the rest of the Duke Johnson getting a lot of carries this year. I think he still get a very good number of carries. However, David is the guy that they believe in. David is the guy that they believe moving forward. He is the one that's going to be able to do more in this offense with majority of the load in that backfield, which is totally okay because you believe in him and he's going to believe in himself. Uh, hopefully his belief leads to help. I wish that could go hand in hand. We'll see, but Houston knows what they have in David Johnson. What do they have? Well, they have a guy that when he was a starter, in this league, in his best year, he was a very damn good player, all pro, right? And I believe the speculation in this team, this is just my opinion, So, but I, I do believe the speculation around this team is just centered around the fact that they have guys that you can kind of say kind of forgotten about a little bit. Brandon Cooks with his injury problems, uh, Will Fuller, he's not forgotten about whatsoever, but being a number two that never lived up so far to his number two hype because of injuries, it it can feel like fans and executives and coaches around the league can maybe just write you off real easily moving forward. And then you have David Johnson. And so there are points to prove around this entire offense. By the way, Bill O'Brien has a point to prove that, hey, I was right. I've been right before, and you guys crucified me then. That's what Jadavion Clowney. And so I'm right again, and I'm still going through crucifixion with DeAndre Hopkins. And ultimately, they want to put David in the offense in the best position to succeed. First and foremost, you have 
a better offensive line than what you did in Arizona. Let's get that understood. You have Deshaun Watson. And the creativity of getting you the ball, I think is what we're all looking for right now, Cody. I mean, what more did you see out of him in that offense from training camp? I'm glad that you mentioned that, and I'm going to keep it on the David Johnson conversation because what I saw was doing situations, Bill O'Brien would call out a situation, first down, ball on the 25-yard line, one minute left to go in the second quarter. What I saw is David Johnson, he's going to be able to be the primary running back, especially from, from, from first to second down. But every time the situation came that it was third down, Duke Johnson came in, which lets me know that he is going to take the, the, the official title as the third down back, something that Bill O'Brien has raved about a lot because he has two guys that he can go back and forth on. And, John, I don't know if you remember, both you and I talked about this once before, that one of them is going to be the primary back and the other one is going to be the third the third down back. Not only that, when Johnson steps in as the third down back, he's not even in the backfield. He's lining up with the rest of the receiver. The Texans have the possibility. Of course, I do believe the only thing that might stop them is health. I do believe the Houston Texans will have one of, if not the best, dynamic duo coming out of the backfield. And while we're talking about Duke Johnson, there is a lot of speed on this team. No matter who it is, the Texans have a lot of fast guys on this roster. With all that being said, Tracy Smith, the Texans special team coach, he came out, uh, I, I believe it was two weeks ago, and he talked about that there was so much speed on this team, he really don't know who he wanted to give the primary um, re return title to. Uh, he said that could be anyone from Will Fuller to Brandon Cooks all the way down to a guy like Duke Johnson and even David Johnson, which, I mean, we know it wasn't going to be Brandon Cooks or Will Fuller due to the responsibilities that they have on the Texans offense. But yesterday, while at training camp, I was able to observe the rotation that Smith was, was playing with, and he used three guys as his returners. That was DeAndre Carter, Kiki Cutie, and Duke Johnson. Every single one of those guys had got reps with the special teams as the returner, whether it was punt or, you know, kickoff return. And I do believe that that is going to be his rotation in that order. DeAndre Carter, Kiki Cutie, David Johnson. John, there's a lot of promise with Ross Blacklock and that he has the potential to be the Texans' best player coming out of this year's draft. But, John, 2020, when, when Bill O'Brien says that 2020 is going to be a tough year for our rookies, he's not lying about that. And when I watch Blacklock work out with the veterans when they was practicing coming off their defensive, when they was practicing coming out of their defensive stands, he struggled. But hey, the hope can still be there. He didn't have a rookie OTAs. He didn't have a oh, real. Oh, yeah, yeah, most definitely. He didn't have a real training camp. They just, they're just they just now getting started with training camp three weeks out from the season. Mm -hmm. No preseason to play against other guys. Uh, I think that when we look at Ross, when we look at Jonathan Grenard, when we look at John Reed, when we look at Isaiah Kotler, we have to look at these guys and understand that they are playing uh, catch-up, right? Because <laughs> let's look at what's going on and not just to limit Ross out, and I'm going to look at the entire rookie class for them. They have veterans in front of them who they have, they're just going through the motions right now, getting ready for what they know is going to be a 16-game season compared to the rookies where 
they they don't they can't afford to go through the motions. They have to come in and come in hard, even with the second year players as well. They're battling against a pandemic. Listen, if this was not going on outside with the coronavirus, we may possibly be having a different conversation because he would have had months of time and work to get ready. This is the first time he's had the opportunity to play some ball with pads on since college. He's going to struggle. Um, but I think with struggling, he's going to get better. He has uh, the teammates around him to help him out. And athletically, he's just super gifted, so he'll be okay. Uh, it sounds like that his technique was a little off today. I don't, I don't doubt that that'll get better as well. The last time he put on pads was whenever the last time TCU played football. A and, long time ago. You know, and like I said, I don't want to make it seem like I'm trying to call him a bust or anything like that because that's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying that watching Blacklock struggle with his technique to come out of his defensive stance, it lets me know that this rookie class, not just him, but all of them is going to struggle because like you say, unfortunately, it's out of their hands that they are actually trying to get accustomed to getting ready to play professional football three weeks some of them four weeks before the start of the 2020 season and like I say just watching him struggle yesterday maybe he just had a bad day maybe not I mean later on this week or next week whenever I go back I'll be sure to keep an eye out on that to let you guys know if I see some improvements but I just wanted to bring that up to let everyone knows that try not to read too much into this year's rookie class production because i'm pretty sure we're gonna see a handful of rookies where we might look back and say what the hell were these was these teams thinking when they drafted him or when they when why is he out there on the field because it's not their fault that they have missed out on so much time to where normally at this time doing a regular training camp three weeks before the season start they 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 are ready to go Blacklock was the only rookie that I saw. I was looking for Jonathan Grenard. I didn't see him. He might have been. I know he wasn't working with the linebackers because those were veteran linebackers where I was closest to um, watching Whitley Merciless and them. But, um, you know, but shout out to Ross Blacklock, man. I know he's going to have a good rookie season when it's all said and done. I'm Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. Love bringing you guys texting news and updates. Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy with two Y's. Don't forget to check out Locked On Texans on Twitter and Facebook as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.